The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, party people. Ho, ho, holy macaroni. How did we get to be almost 2022? Oof. I'm Julie. She's Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Jules. Do we have a treat for our dope village today? Our dear friend, Dr. Colleen Flash Hacker, is closing out season six with us. Oh, yes. This is the fourth time we've had Dr. Colleen Hacker on, and my goodness, these episodes keep getting richer and deeper. So Mm -hmm. lean into the amazement because the lessons we learn from Colleen keep building on one another. Yeah, we guarantee you will walk away with new hackerisms to employ in your life and... To remind you, Colleen is an expert in the psychology of performance and truly a master of making complex concepts digestible, relatable, actionable, along with working with world-class athletes and many different Olympic teams on mental skills. Colleen is a professor at Pacific Lutheran University and... Get ready, Dope Village, because class is in session. (laughs) Get comfortable listening. It's Flash. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Jules. Hi, Flash. Hello. Flash, you know how we start. Set the scene, sister. I am in my study, which is sort of 
the bunker of accomplishment. So I never come in here unless I'm doing something professional. So just walking oh. in the threshold of the study means oh. let's get at it. So I'm in the study. I'm surrounded by meaningful artifacts, which is important to me. Mm-hmm. One of which you can see over my shoulder, which is my signed copy of Choose to Matter. Aww. It is. It's in that corner. Oh, let me do it this way. Right there. Wow. I did not know that about your study. Every book you see behind me is signed by somebody that I care about, that matters to me, that is influential, that is impactful. And when I walk into the study, I want to embrace all of those influences. And I'm dead serious. I think I need a room like that. Look, do you see Madeline Albright up in the upper left-hand corner? Yeah. There. Yeah, I do see her face. Opening ceremonies hat from the 96 Olympics. Yeah, still have that one. Oh, that's good Uh, to put it up. A signed photo from Billie Jean King, Um. black and white. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's not one thing in here that doesn't come with a story or a an impact in my life. I love how intentional you are. Oh, I know that, yeah. And meaningful memorabilia. Absolutely. Where are all your marathon medals? Did those, those are downstairs. <laughs> those didn't make the cut? <laughs> they didn't make the cut. No, this room is not about me, ironically. This room is about the powerful influences on me. This is about yeah. other people. Yeah. Well, I think all of us will be redesigning our work from home space mm-hmm. after listening to that explanation and how beautiful mm-hmm. it is. I know. I'm looking at mine going, uh, I, okay, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. I'm not going to compare and contrast. Um, I've got a wood heart in the background and then I have um, handprints wow. when my kids were sloppy and five years old. And then I have... She, uh, sister. It's not. It's not about fame or notoriety. It's about personal impact and influence. So it might be a sketch from when your kids were five years old. That that could be completely analogous. Mm. I love it. Okay, Flash. First of all, we are so dang honored to have you back because we might have done the math. Uh, and having you back to close out season six. This is your fourth time on the pod, third time ending the season with us, which means it's it's a tradition. Whether a tradition. you want it or not, it's a tradition. So thank you. It's a good time to revisit the phrase on the Billie Jean King Tennis Center and most attributed to her, pressure is a privilege. <laughs> so I'm trying desperately to channel Billie Jean King reminding us that pressure is a privilege. Uh, I know. We're intense interviewers, so it's a lot of pressure. For me right now, this feels like an exhale. It's so amazing to have you here, Colleen, to talk. And for this episode, Julie and I are each going to share a moment from the past season in which we would like to extract the lesson and extract the lesson is a hackerism. Cue the ah! So first of all, 
Can you explain what extract the lesson means? It, it's a phrase that uh, I, maybe I say the source of all good things that, that I first shared with the national team um, during our first Olympic runs and leading up to the 99 World Cup. And, and, it, and it's a phrase that uh, I really believe in and it's extract the relevant lesson. People put a lot of stock in experience and experience are just things that happen to you. I mean, you can do nothing, think nothing, learn nothing, not grow in any way, and still you're amassing experience. And the whole concept of extract the relevant lesson is to reflect on our experiences so that we can grow, so that we can change, so that we can transform. Mm. Then they become valuable teaching opportunities. But experience for experience sake is neither here nor there. So I always challenge people when anything significant happens to us, happy, sad, positive, negative, accomplishment, failure, extract the relevant lesson because that's the pay value. That's the benefit. For Julie and I, we each chose a moment from an interview this past season where we want to do just that. So I'm going to kick things off and share the moment that I am so interested to hear your input on. And it stems from the episode we did with Shalane Flanagan, who this past year, this past fall, ran six world major marathons in six weeks. <laughs> Mind-blown imagery. Yes, I know. That's what Colleen's doing. The backstory is Shalane- I just have to, ju- I yeah, have to please, jump in. Please, please. We say that sentence as though it's a normal English sentence. (laughs) Exactly. It is not a normal English sentence. So hearing the sound effects or pausing for impact, I think should be required by law. Mind blown. Correct. The backstory is Shalane retired from again, storied, mind-blowing career in professional running in 2019. In the episode, she talked about how running had been her job. And then after retiring and two reconstructing knee surgeries, running became about her mental health, which I think a lot of us can relate to with running, exercise. She said, though, that she still craved having a goal. She said she doesn't like slogging the miles and needed a purpose behind it. And she did have what I thought was a great line in describing the pandemic as a goalless abyss. <laughs> that is a great line. Again, something I think we can relate to. So what ended up happening is Shalane saw the schedule for this year's World Major Marathons and how because of the pandemic, they were taking place in the span of six weeks. Her response was, that looks fun. And Shalane not only set out to no do- one. In my world, by the way, no one. I don't know how that looks fun myself, but you do you, Shalane, you do you. Oh, and it gets better. Shalane not only said to do them, she wanted to do them in under three hours uh-huh. and she did it. She rocked it. She accomplished it. I'm bringing this particular moment to you, Colleen, because I'm interested in learning about the concept of goals from you and what your perspective is on them. So as a starting place, when you hear Shalane's six marathons in six weeks, you've already hinted at it here. 
what immediately comes to mind to you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I, I think so many of us are used to hearing about goal setting and having goals. And I, words matter to me. And I actually don't use goals anymore. Um, I actually use the term uh, action planning. But, and I'll talk about that in a second, but that phrase of Shalane's, a goalless abyss, <laughs> is going to find its attributed way into my language. And I think for all of us that heard that episode, it's just mm -hmm. such a classic encompassing summary of what COVID has been for many of us now, two years into the pandemic. But for me, what I hear her talking about is what next? What next? Mm. She's talking about finding new meaning and new purpose. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just running marathons. She had done that. She had done that professionally. So the what next becomes what new thing can I do? What, what thing have I done before? Can I do in a new or different way? What's an additional challenge? And what I want to emphasize is it's personal and it's individual. It's meaningful to that person. Notice Shalane didn't say, what should I be doing next? What ought I have as my goal, <laughs> right? She didn't say should or ought. She said, what do I want to do? What would be meaningful to me? And, and, and so hopefully there's a, a couple takeaways in there that they are aspirational in nature and they're personally meaningful. Mm -hmm. They're individually relevant. Um, when, when we have aspirational targets, which is what I would call six marathons other than insanity and <laughs> impossible, that's an aspirational target. And what it started out with is I don't even know if I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to pay attention to that. If you already know you can do it, mm -hmm. it's a little bit less aspirational. I want to get dressed tomorrow and tie my own shoes is it might be a goal, but it's not, an, or it should not be after what age four or five, that's not an aspirational target. So the outcome is unknown. And that's part of the motivation is not knowing. So, so you, rather than should or ought, we should honor and nurture instead feelings, phrases mm -hmm. out loud or silently, I want to, mm -hmm. or I really want to, mm -hmm. or I'd like to, or mm -hmm. I wonder if, and Shalane's to me sounded like, I wonder if yeah. I can transform this activity that I've done professionally in a new and different way. Mm -hmm. She still loved running, but needed something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she created, she created something that had never been done before. Right. And the outcome was not known. She didn't know if she could do it. She connected other people to her cause and to her purpose. She saw what she was doing as an individual as part of something bigger than herself, greater than herself. So having an aspirational target that has purpose and meaning allows us and inspires us 
to see obstacles as challenges because training and recovering and fueling to do what she did was full of obstacles. When you're doing things because you want to, not because you have to or ought to do it or are supposed to do it, it encourages us to keep going even when we face setbacks mm -hmm. and failures and obstacles. And, and then for now, I just would say it's critical for people when they are contemplating or engaged in their own aspirational challenge to revisit their why. Revisit why I'm doing this at least as often as they think about what they're doing. And, and let me be specific. So in Shalane's case, she didn't just say, I am now running Berlin. That's the what. And now I'm running my third. That's the what. Mm -hmm. And now I'm running New York City. That's a what. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this to see if I can do something that I've never done before. And that has never been done before. That's the why. And I think so often we get, we get stuck in the mundane, important, but smaller. What am I doing today? What do I have to do today? What's required of me today? When you pull back the lens and say, why am I doing this? All of a sudden, there's more energy and agency and motivation around that. How important is it? in life to challenge ourselves? I think, I think it's fuel. I think it's fuel. I, I have a phrase that I've, I've used for decades. You know, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. And the phrase sort of uses fruit as an example, like fruit that is green and growing is in process. It's in evolution. It still has more to do. The mo think of your bananas at home. I guess weird to go from big to narrow, but as soon as they're right, they're starting to get black and speckled, and the chances of them going into garbage recycling has just increased exponentially. Bugs it's are coming into the house. Nothing good comes of a ripe banana except for banana bread. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So be green and growing. And I think... Part of, of the malaise that often we feel as adults, because in our younger years, we always had aspirational mm -hmm. goals. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go to high school and I'm going to play a sport and I want to play a club team and I'm going to learn to play the violin and then I'm going to go to college and then, and then I'm going to get my first job. And I, we, I don't think we realize how so much of the first whatever quarter of our lives oh is absolutely dominated by aspirational challenges. <laughs> and then we get to adulthood and it's like, yeah, I've never thought of it that way before. You're so right. It's exactly Why? it. It's like, okay, you have the apartment, you have the house, you have the job, you have the relationship, you have the family. <laughs> Colleen's looking, looking around. around. <laughs> Oh, it's that. so true. It's critical. I, I, I believe in my soul. How's that for science? I believe <laughs> in my soul that we crave challenges. We crave accomplishment. We, uh, we crave testing ourselves. And listen, it, it's not a comparison game. Yeah. It's, we we don't just... all crave marathons. Mm -hmm. We don't or six crave... in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
or sport or physical activity or, or, or. Notice I didn't put any nouns with the aspirational challenges. It might be your eating habits. It might be your saving habits. It might be one year. I can tell you the exact year, by the way, which should frighten both of you. But one of my aspirational challenges, I'll just say it. One of my aspirational <laughs> challenges in 2000 was to become more patient as a human being. Wow. So it could be, it could be a personal transformation. How's that working out for you? Well, uh, it's a work in progress. Thank you for asking, Julie. <laughs> 21 years later, have you gotten there? It's on my mind. <laughs> Is it? So yeah. you're still working on it. I'm still working on it. And I'm and I'm aware when I don't model it. I'm aware when I because it it it's important to me. It matters to me. I don't I don't like, for lack of a better way to say it, when I behave or sound impatient, it's familiar to me, but I don't like it. I don't respect it in myself as a personal quality. So I have no problem. I mean, I've been working on my fitness all my life. Why wouldn't I work on being more patient all of my life? That makes sense to me. It doesn't. Yeah. 21 years later, I like that. It still matters. I view that. I view that as consistency rather than a failure for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. So I guess I just want us to think beyond sport, fitness, stop smoking, lose weight, eat better, right? We have these common five that every January 1st, we revisit um, with some regularity. There are so many other achievement areas that are personally meaningful and relevant. And I think we need to expand um, our sense of accomplishment and purpose and meaning and value beyond sort of the traditional cast of characters, if that makes sense. I love how you said the comparison game as well, because we all do it, right? I mean, I, I go to the Shalane uh, scenario and maybe it's your first marathon and yet you're going, well, I just ran one. And so you you do the comparison to someone who's a professional marathoner and runner. So I think that's important as well is is understanding that's your personal goal that you're setting. Julie, I could not agree more. What's your language? All of us need to be mindful because our words reflect our inner views. Our words, our language reflect our inner dialogue and priorities. So anytime you hear either of these two words, just or only, mm -hmm. I view that as a form of self-sabotage. You are undercutting and undermining your own accomplishment. You know, you don't have to be in the history books. You only have to be in your own history book. Mm -hmm. Write your story. Yeah. And I've talked earlier about, you know, if I sound repetitive, I hope that's a strength. In other words, I don't think there's uh, I started out with 10 principles of peak performance. Here's number 749, um, right? It, if you master a few basic principles, you're going to be right as rain. Mm -hmm. And so it is part of write your own story. Be in, be in your own history books. And the, and the biggest tip off that you're not and that you are, Jules, as you said, 
playing the comparison game is when you were, use the word just mm-hmm. or only. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back to to Abby and Lauren and and Leslie finishing their first marathon. And there's a wonderful picture of Shalane presenting the marathon mm-hmm. medal mm-hmm. to Abby Wambach. Yeah, I don't want to tell you. And notice Shalane didn't feel a need to explain how many marathons she had run, <laughs> right? Or what she had just done. She she didn't compare. We'll put that visual up on social media. That's such a great literal visual of marathoner Shalane Flanagan just finished her mission of six marathons in six weeks, putting the medal on Abby Wambach, who just ran her first marathon ever. Right. I love it. Shalane didn't judge and Shalane didn't compare. She was honored because she knew what a significant accomplishment that was for Lauren, Leslie, and Abby. Mm-hmm. Right. She knew that. Mm-hmm. And she honored that. And it happens in the lives of noteworthy, famous people, Julie Foudy. <laughs> and it happens with us mere mortals as well. Right. It's like Julie Foudy. Let me count her. 96, 2000. Oh, Julie Foudy is a three-time Olympian. Oh, so-and-so. Uh, I, I'm only a one-time Olympian. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, the word Olympian is preceded by about 0.01% of the population. And you just minimized it by mm-hmm. modifying the accomplishment with the word just or only. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a World Cup champion. Oh, well, that that's nice. I'm three times, right? <laughs> then, you know, it's that, it's that comparison game. You have to understand that it's personal, it's individual, and it's in your history books. And, and we, we fail to benefit to the greatest extent that we could in owning those accomplishments. Somehow we've, we've sort of um, rarefied or complemented this idea of, what do I want to do? Minimizing our successes. We're immediately supposed to think, of 15 people who did more than us. I'm like, I I don't even understand that. Why? Toward what end? Toward Mm -hmm. what purpose? Um, Mm. I promise you that those three time, those three first time marathoners, and if they tell you otherwise, they're lying, by the way. (laughs) I promise you that those three first time marathoners at the start did not know whether or not they would finish or not. Yeah. They thought they would, they trained to be able to do it. They were confident, but they didn't know. Yeah. And that's part of the aspirational challenge, that uncertainty, Mm -hmm. that it's not guaranteed and that we learn to be comfortable with that. That's part of the magic sauce is that I don't know how it's going to turn out. What what about though, for people who are Speaking of aspirational challenges, this was actually a discussion I had with my workout friends over the weekend. And they said, they talked about this balance between progress, not perfection, in terms of that aspiration. And literally, I had a friend say to me, I am a recovering perfectionist who is now just a hot mess. And and the other friend was like, yes, 
I often question where the line is. Am I relying on the progress, not perfection motto to justify a half-ass effort? Which was an interesting one because they don't want to be consumed in perfection, but they're cousins of each other, of course. There's that fine line. Yeah, I hear you. And and there's not anybody listening now that's not nodding because that battle, for lack of a better way to say it, Jules, Mm -hmm. that battle is part of the layering process. And that's my answer to it. There isn't an answer. Mm. Oh, it's an excuse. No, that's the right way to go. It's layering. And, and I think part of my answer to your friends is to accept that there's multiple reasons for engaging in an activity. There's not just one. Mm-hmm. So if your friends, I, I'm, if I'm remember correctly, and then, and then correct me if not, was around fitness or working out or something like that. So one might be a PR, might one might be, you know, consecutive days, one might be distance, one might be, right, there's multiple elements that go into any fitness activity, there's not just one. Mm-hmm. And so I completely agree that striving per, for perfection is demoralizing, striving for excellence is motivating. Mm. And, so, and so striving for excellence hmm is a moving target Mm -hmm. and how you engage with the, the, with the ever changing complexity is part of the challenge. I know this is going to come as a shock to everyone, but physiologically where you are in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, right? Every decade has a different physiological reality. So what used to, I'm just using this as an example, numbers or distances or targets that used to come easy or that you hit certain levels, there could be a different time because of injury, because of life circumstance, because of work, because of sleep-wake habits, Mm -hmm. right? There's a million variables that affect our performance. And so you might not hit the target But because it's personal and individual and you're holding yourself accountable, you always, I think, need to hold yourself accountable. You can lie to other people, but I don't think you can lie to yourself. I really believe that. That you can you might respect a 30 minute slower time on an event and be prouder about that than another one that was done at a different time when all systems were perfect. Mm -hmm. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's a layering process. And so I think we have to let go of one measure of success. When I hear perfection versus progress, I start worrying, well, what's your measure of perfection? Mm-hmm. Because I we I think many high achieving people would would claim to be recovering perfectionists, right? There, mm-hmm. and the literature talks about positive perfectionism versus negative perfectionism. You and I talked about in the national team uh, back in the day. I actually made bookmarks for the team. We talked about wholesome discontent, mm-hmm. and the reason we came up. Do you, I don't know. If, you know if you remember that, Jules? But the reason we I talk about wholesome discontent all the time and and give you credit. Yeah, I didn't even know if you remember. But wholesome discontent is the term I used 
to strike that balance between positive perfectionism and negative perfectionism. Positive perfectionism is what more, what better? Did I maximize my capabilities? Negative perfectionism is I'm never good enough. Mm -hmm. It's never to standard. There's always more I could have done. And that's just not true. So we want to develop sort of a wholesome discontent, wholesome meaning life happens. You know, I'm not the same person this week as next week (laughs) or this year and last year. And discontent is back to Lynn's point, goals. I, if I'm living in a goalless abyss, I'm uneasy. I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I know that there's something more for me in this world. And I think we need to honor that. I think we need to respond to that inner voice that said there's something more for me or in me. And I don't think we spend enough time in that space. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Really good. And... I wouldn't be me. I'm going to say it. We're talking about big aspirational challenges. The three of us have talked before about said in a different way, but finding purpose in everyday routines, Mm -hmm. right? Like (laughs) you can have to do the dishes or you can do the dishes because you enjoy a clean kitchen. Mm -hmm. You have to do the dishes. You ain't going to be having fun. But if you're doing the dishes on the way to the joy of a clean kitchen, it transforms the mundane into purposeful. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't care about a messy kitchen, that's not your aspirational challenge, right? So what I'm saying is it's a moving target. I Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I don't like going to bed with dirty dishes because I love waking up to <laughs> yeah. everything, right? Ditto. So, oh, so I don't counters. Ha- Clean my counters. Just wipe the counters, kids, please. That's it. I don't have to do it. I want to do it because of what I get from yeah. it. I don't feel like I have to work out. I want to work out yeah. because of how I feel afterwards and how I think of myself differently when I'm fit, I feel differently about myself when I'm fit. So I don't, you don't hear me saying I have to work out, right? It doesn't become this onerous, horrible medical prescription, right? It's like, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, Flash, my extractable lesson from all of the episodes is one I'm guessing you're going to know right away. It's Dr. Eager. Dr. Edith Eager's episode, she was the Holocaust survivor, 94 years young, wrote a book called The Choice. And this is something that's near and dear to you as well. I know the power of choice and the idea of choice. And specifically in her episode, she talked about her mom tells her on that packed cattle car to Auschwitz. She says, just remember, no one can take away from what you've put in your mind. And then Dr. Eager goes on to say, we can't choose to vanish the dark, but we can choose to rekindle the light. And she also mentions in her book, she talks about Viktor Frankl's book when she first found that. And I thought back to 
the person who brought me Victor Frankel's book, Man's Search for Meaning, was you. It was this full circle moment. Um, and she talked about really his key teaching in that. It's the, it goes to the heart of what he talks about. Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in a given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And that all reminded me so much of you. Well, I'm I'm honored beyond merit for that last sentence. But I will say again to everyone listening, don't just hear those words. Don't just hear Dr. Eager. Don't just read Viktor Frankl's book. Listen, take it in which is a step beyond mere hearing. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing you recount that quote and I'm feeling it come into my soul. And that's what I wish for everyone, that the words come alive. Anytime one hears a repetitive theme that resonates, pay attention, Mm -hmm. pay attention because it's an indication that something powerful and enduring is happening. So I love, and I'm not surprised in the least that you, uh, that that the power of choice resonated with you. I absolutely believe that we need to cultivate and embrace what I would call the three C's. Mm-hmm. Some listeners would, would recognize self-determination theory in this, but, but let me talk about the three C's. Number one, choice. Mm-hmm. That, that we need to turn our lives, what we do, into want-tos rather than have-tos. You have a choice. It, I, I do think it's the most powerful gift we have mm-hmm. is the power to choose. And Dr. Eager is so accurate to say no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, it actually ties in with with Lynn's takeaway. You have the power to choose your own personally, individually selected aspirational challenge. Somebody can't give it to you. Mm -hmm. Yours, Julie, isn't mine. Lynn's isn't mine. Mine is mine. And, and what Dr. Eager's mother, I mean, who, just any parent, anyone who loves someone, imagine, just fully imagine that mother's gift to her child, trying to give her parting words. It, it brings you to tears. It brings you to tears saying this you have and no one can take it away from you. She could have chosen any number of life gifts for her child in that moment And she knew the power of choice was the most enduring, most impactful one. And I think most of us fail to embrace the power of choice. And and instead, we live in what I have to do, what I need to do. You with me on this? It's Mm -hmm. like, boy, you're aiming low, right? I'll hear athletes saying, oh, what fitness do I have to do? You don't have to do any fitness, you know, unless you want to play and be better, right? (laughs) You don't have, you and I both know athletes that didn't invest in fitness and Mm -hmm. they played two positions. They sat on the end of the bench and they guarded the water bucket. (laughs) So if you don't want to play those two positions, Mm -hmm. you get to do fitness. You don't have to do it. 
But it, but if you want this this bigger goal, you with me on this? You mm-hmm. get to do it. Mm-hmm. So the power to choose your attitude, right? Right. Attitudes are contagious. Attitudes are in choice. Are a choice. Attitudes are infectious. I mean, don't forget those three, right? You get to choose what matters to you, what's meaningful to you, what's aspirational to you, Mm -hmm. what's sacred to you, what will never be taken away from you. Wow, what power. Mm -hmm. For me, the second of the three C's is control. That all of us have more control than we think, right? Probably because I have, again, a split workout today. You know, I know I'm going to work out. So I did one part early. We're going to chat today. I'm going to do one part later. Mm-hmm. I have choice. I have more choice than I think all of us have more choice than we recognize. And we have control over that. When you're going to do it, what you're going to do, how much time you're going to devote to it, who you're going to do it with. How you're going to, those, those are control elements that you have available to you at all t- times. Mm-hmm. So choice is leads into control. And the third, which I believe we've talked about in, the, in our previous episode, is connectedness. Mm-hmm. So choice, control, and connectedness. And just like, just like human beings have a need to achieve, human beings have a need to connect. And your need for connection might be to someone, right? A loved one, an athlete, a coach, a a faculty member, a teacher, but it might be to something, a cause, you know, water um, for those, you know, without water in different countries, Mm -hmm. bringing, right, bringing water or bringing light. Mm -hmm. It, it, It could be environmental issues. It could be social issues. Um, so we want we want to connect to someone or something or to a cause greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of those can can fulfill that need for connectedness. You take all of those three C's and talk your term, Jules, full circle moment. There's our purpose. Mm-hmm. There's our purpose. Right that that it's something bigger than ourselves more important than ourselves and now all of a sudden we have meaning and pride and purpose around what we've done Mm. Mm. so good (laughs) mind blown emoji lynn is doing it Yeah, and, and it brings me back to my national team days when you said to me, I never had connected this actually. You said to me once, um, I was struggling with negative thoughts in my head and yeah. it was the snap the hairband on my wrist, right? And you said, snap a physical snap to mentally remind you to replace that thought. And I said, what do you mean replace it? And you were you said, will you decide what goes in that head? Do you want to keep a bad thought? No, you control that. So your point being, you have the choice and then you have the control. So it's the mom saying, you get to choose what's in there and you control also what goes in there. So if it's a negative thought, get it out and replace it because your your mind can only handle that one thought at a time. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? What in 
me this. That I remember in college going, whoa. And so in the middle of a game, I would literally snap it when I would be going into a spiral of like, oh, I don't feel well. My touch is off. I can't breathe. I'm tired. Would you, sna- would you really think that? Yeah. Because it's just, uh, for, me yeah. To, for me to hear that, it sounds so foreign from, yeah. from who I know you to be. Yeah. In the middle of a game. Yeah. Athletes do. I don't think she said all of those in a row with commas in between, mm, yeah. but, but some variation of that. Right. Yeah. And Jules, not to push the point, but you're exactly right on choice, right? You're mm. exactly right in control. Mm. And I would add, it's also that, that snapping the band is a form of connectedness mm. because you wanted to connect to better play. You wanted to connect to Mm -hmm. more freedom. Like that's not where your best soccer is. Your best soccer Mm -hmm. isn't self-recriminating, self-flagellation, focusing on the negative. Like I I can see your walk on that soccer field to this day. You have this step, you have this (laughs) rhythm, the way you walk out there. And it's like, brilliant sister like i'm here let's get at it and so so that snap connected you to i think your superpower as a player yeah i i'm just gonna say it now i know this won't make the podcast but i can hear tony to this day i can see him and i can hear him i can't remember you know what it happened more than once but you said something to him like you know, I was screaming for the ball. I was asking for the ball. And Tony said with that little smirk smile, if you can picture it, he goes, Julie, you always want the ball. Like <laughs> you always scream point, for the ball. <laughs> his point was that that's nothing new. And for you, that was like, that was the point. Like I was yelling for the ball. And Tony just sort of diffused it going, Julie, you always want the ball. That's why they didn't listen to You know to what it. I used to then? I used to follow up with, it's on them to not give me the ball to see that I marked. You're I'm dead. always going to present myself for the ball. They have to recognize that I shouldn't really be asking for the ball, but I'm always going to ask for the ball. It's their choice. They have control too. <laughs> I bow to your brilliance and I'll just simply say, amen. You are exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, once you understand the three C's, do you see how yeah. you can start yeah. plugging it yeah. in to so many everyday situations, yeah. right? You don't have to wash your car <laughs> unless you want a clean car without a bunch of grime on it. Then you need to wash your car, right? And you want to do it yeah. because of what you want, not because of what you have to do. So mm. what I'm saying is, you know, we need to apply these same strategies to everyday kinds of tasks that we do. It doesn't have to be a gold medal performance or a World Cup performance or a marathon. It can be in the simple. If I could could get folks to really begin to honor, honor the power in the simple moments, right? Mm -hmm. Cultivate and celebrate the small things. Um, with, With ice hockey, Prior to the Olympic Games, you know me with props, Jules, but I got a funnel. I had a, in fact, I still have it, but it's a red funnel. And I use that to, as a metaphor, to talk about you're holding the funnel. Mm -hmm. And there are times where how you hold the funnel is going to influence 
what you see, what you feel, what you think, and what you're focused on. Simply said, if I hold the funnel so that the small little narrow part is toward my eye, can, can you two picture what I'm saying? Yeah. And the wide part, so here's the funnel and the wide part is away from my head. Then I can see the big picture. Then I see, right, that's where um, I want to play good soccer. I want to play free. I want to, I see myself finishing the marathon and, and getting the medal around my neck. I see myself, whatever. Sometimes you want to th look through the little narrow end so that you can see the big picture, but you're holding the funnel. You can turn it around now and you're looking through the fat end. And now I'm just mm -hmm. seeing this task, mm -hmm. this moment. And I've spoken before on, on your podcast about the nobility of now. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we take control of the funnel that we always have, and now we look at something narrow, then you have a nobility of now on this beautiful mother daughter or mother son conversation. It's just about the two of us. You, you with me on this yeah. or yeah. it's, it's just this. Or athletes start thinking about the Olympic Games. And you're saying, mm, let's just focus on, right, your hands on the ski poles. Mm -hmm. Just your hands on the ski poles. That's a really, really narrow mm -hmm. focus. You with me on this? It's, yeah. it's like you hold the funnel. And there's times where you want to see how far you've come, how far you need to go. Um, the big picture. But that can be unnerving. That can be... Mm -hmm. problematic. And then you just turn the funnel around mm -hmm. and say, okay, nobility of now. What, what did you call the funnel? Cause I know it had a name. Uh, it, it just was the, it just was the funnel. It just was, was the, the funnel, funnel. is, okay. is, is the, the um, funnel of focus. The, the funnel, funnel of focus. Of, see, there was a name. I know. That's but name. It, Can I the, add flashes <laughs> funnel of focus? Just throw in another F. <laughs> the name doesn't matter. Yeah, it probably seems like everything I do is alliteration. No, you, but... no, you always have a great hackerism to, to you know, to yeah. what you're doing, which I love. Makes it stick. It, it never ceases to amaze me the wisdom that you can provide, Colleen. Um, and, and with that in mind, as 2021 is about to come to a close, what parting word or thought would you leave the dope village with as they look forward to 2022 baby i feel it's gonna be fantastic let's just throw that out there <laughs> because we've had two not so fantastic years let's go i hope you're right i yes. hope you're right i guess i i guess i would share three parting thoughts and we've talked about them so just in a summary way one cultivate and embrace the power of the three C's in your own life and, and on a daily basis, right? Choice, control, and connectedness. Mm -hmm. Secondly, savor and celebrate the small things. Mm -hmm. Truly savor and celebrate the small things because when you do, you are inspired and reinforced and motivated throughout every day of your life. Mm. 
rather than the big vacation or the big interview or the job promotion is celebrate and savor the small things. And then three, and in my mind, it's related to Lynn's point, is be a light. My hope for people in the coming year is that they are a light, be a light. <laughs> and what's your best chance to be a, be a light is to be actively engaged in your own aspirational pursuit because people love that. They're drawn to it. They're curious about it. They want to know more. It, 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 it draws people in. So in, for some people, they're a light for their family. Don't judge your light on how many people are illuminated by mm -hmm. your light, right? Mm -hmm. Back to that comparison game. Mm -hmm. You might be a light to your family. You might be a light to your community. You might be a light to your school district. You might be a light to your team. You might be a light to podcast listeners. You might be a light to the world. It, it doesn't matter, right? The, the, the best way to make the world brighter is to light more lights. So if we had more people actively engaged in the pursuit of their aspirational challenges, we'd have flashbulbs going on all the time. And we're drawn to that. We're energized by it. So those would be my three. If we had more people with the nickname Flash, then good things happen. Which is exactly how Colleen, Dr. Colleen Hacker got her nickname. I always said she shines light in dark places. Flashlight. She's a flash. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You mean so much to us, to this podcast. And we want to show our gratitude with a gift. On that note, Colleen, can you please find a noisemaker in your room of memorable memorabilia? Oh. Oh, do I have a noisemaker? I'm going to try a dog toy, but I have to leave to get it. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I locked Swaggy out of the room for this one. I was like, so sorry, but bye. Where is she? I don't know where she is. I have no idea, which is so glorious. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's next level. Of course, Dr. Hacker would have... An incredible squeaky toy. You've wanted to play a game. It is officially on. It's oh on like Donkey Kong. And apologies that it's taken this long. We should have done this a while back. How do you feel, Colleen? How do you feel? Bring it. Bring it. I'm going to stretch it out. Jules, do you want to go through the formalities of competing or just declare me the winner? I, I am going to declare me the winner. The theme of the game. <laughs> the level of readiness is unlike anything I've seen. The theme of this game is know your 99ers. All the questions oh, would be about boom. the 1999 okay. World Cup winning team. Okay. We know the rules. Five questions, all multiple choice. You can tweak in whenever you think you know the answer. Question one. What number did Shannon McMillan wear? Is it A? Eight. 
Correct. <laughs> I'm gonna get my arse kicked in this, aren't I? Okay. <laughs> okay, one zero. That's okay. I just given you a little confidence early on, Flash. Thank you for the warm up question, Len. <laughs> Will Julie be joining us anytime soon? I'm terrible on numbers. Please don't give me another number. All I know is Mia was nine. <laughs> Acres was ten. I do know. <laughs> Okay, I lied. I was 11. I know three. Lil was 13. Checking the scoreboard briefly. Oh, there's no change in the score. Okay, just checking. Go ahead. Question two. Where did Danielle Fotopoulos go to college? University of Florida. Oh, come on! I squeaked in first! 2-0. Okay. God dang it. Okay. Question lose. three. Okay. What was the name of Carla Overbeck's youth soccer club in Dallas Sting! The Dallas Correct. Sting! Ow! Did you know that, Flash? Two to one. She didn't know that one. And I never would have known that when truth be told. So I was out of it on that. Dallas it's Sting. only one question, sports two one. fans. Two to one. Question four. Where was Mia Hamm born? Julie. Texas? Incorrect. Give me the give me my choices, Lynn. A. We can just rest comfortably, Jules. <laughs> Selma, Alabama. B. Houston, Texas. Or C. Seattle, Washington. Selma. Yes. Correct. Yes, damn it, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. Uh, <gasps> sorry, we're going to have to wait a moment for the crowd noise to die down before you <laughs> ask the next question. It's already three to is one. The, is, give me the fifth. Give me the fifth. Let's go five. Question five. What is Bry Scurry's middle name? Oh. Is it A, Cynthia, B, Cornelia, or C, Colette. Julie. Just because I don't want to lose four to one. <laughs> Cynthia. Cynthia. Incorrect. Oh! Colleen. Colette. Correct. Oh, God. Thank you, America. It's been a pleasure. I have waited my entire life for this competition. I feel oh, like my so entire personal and professional career led to this, wait for it, four to one moment. Do you know what? Your early squeaking strategy caused me to early squeak i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say and <laughs> premature Prima squeakage, Prima squeakage. <laughs> and because I, I would have gotten selma i would have gotten selma part, part of competitive excellence is creating the dynamics so that your opponent is playing your game yeah. Yeah. Rather than I, you being drawn into theirs. You're welcome. I was overly aggressive with my squeak in on that answer. I would have totally crushed that.
I got to play. I got to play. I got to play. This is this is what I have to. This is what all my guests have to endure when I do this to them. So I'm I. Good job, Colleen. Hack. I don't even know if I officially said it. Dr. Colleen Flash Hacker, you won the Lynn game over. Thank you. Is that a slow clap? Is that a slow clap? I hope that is a plaque in your office one day. Please put it up. <laughs> put it up. Okay, Flash. We do have one most pressing question for you. That's it. Are you ready? I'm ready. You have a book coming out this spring. Oh, what is it called? And how can the Dope Village buy this beauty, this masterpiece? First of all, I swear I did not know this was coming. I know, because you'll not, never say it. That's why I'm saying it. Uh, this is not a behind-the-scenes plan. So um, that's important for me to say. I am excited. Uh, it's a, it is a new book through Human Kinetics Publishing Company. It's going to be out April 30th, and it's called, is there a drum roll? Drum roll, please. I'll add one in. Thank you. It's called Achieving Excellence, Mastering Mindset for Peak Performance in Sport and Life. Boom. Yes. April 30th. Okay, right on. April 30th. I know there will be a lot of people on the lookout for that. Congrats, because I know that is no easy feat. It is no, it is no easy feat. And thank you. And I have a feeling you'll be getting a copy in the mail. So don't pull out your credit card just yet. Don't pull out your credit card just yet. Thank you, Flash, for closing out season six with us. I, I just want you to know we can't thank you enough. We love you. And... I'm just so grateful you're you're in my life. I know Lynn thinks the same, so can't tell you that enough. Thank you. Yeah. I'm grateful I take in those words. They matter to me. They're meaningful to me. I think our greatest impact is the impact that, that we could ever hope to have on other people. So thank you. Just thank you for sharing that and saying that, Jules and, and Lynn. Uh, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm just, I have a grateful heart. So thank you. Love you, lady. I do love that lady so much. I'm going to start taking tabs on and doing little marks for how often I reference Colleen Hacker in my Seriously. life. <laughs> because it has to be, I'm not just talking like once a week. It's like multiple times a day I, I, I bring her up mm -hmm. in terms of something I've learned or she shared with me. So to have an impact in someone's life like yeah. that, life goal right there. Takeaways. Yeah. What are your takeaways, Jules? You want me to go first? Go for it. Okay. Well, I I loved her saying at the end when she said, be a light. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm saying this is a takeaway because I thought she would have advised in being a light to be helping something or someone not named yourself. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. But in fact, she said the best way to be a light is to be actively engaged in your own aspirational pursuit, mm, yeah. which I thought was interesting. So yeah. it was actually shining the light back on you 
because people are drawn to that. And it's true. Yeah. We have to love what we're doing Mm. to be a light for others. Like the old saying goes, you have to love yourself before you can spread that love. So Mm. I thought that was super interesting. Mm -hmm. And... And I also love the imagery of us lighting up the world like all these flash bulbs going off when she said that because it's this visual you can just imagine of, oh, my gosh, if we all were just spreading uh, this love around Mm -hmm. and and shedding this light. My second takeaway is a short one. Her trash talking in the Lynn game, all world. All world. And for that, I commend her. I have nothing else to add except for, damn, that was impressive if i may i would like to add that (laughs) colleen owns you in the trash talking she got so in your head you got so off kilter Uh, uh, crushed me i mean to squeak in without even listening to selma alabama given (laughs) as the first a because i was just she was in my head Oh, it was a master class in just mm-hmm. taking over the game. Okay, okay, easy, Lynn. Okay. We get it, we get it. <laughs> What's your other takeaway, Lynn, or is that your only takeaway, Lynn? Oh, no, I have, I have one more takeaway about the game, which is that I personally feel like <laughs> all of the Lynn games led up to that Lynn game. <laughs> I think we should send her a plaque and see if she puts it in her damn office. I'm going to send her a plaque. If that doesn't go up behind her head where it's visible. Yeah. Lynn game champion, four to one. Sorry ass, over sorry ass, Julie. Perfect segue into my takeaway because uh, you brought up Colleen's office and, and her workspace her bunker of accomplishment (laughs) and it speaks to considering the why and intention behind what we do and Mm -hmm. i was in awe of colleen when she was describing the intention of her workspace and then later on she spoke more about how important it is for us to have the why of what we're doing yeah she is intentional in so many different ways. That was the perfect example of it when yeah. she started the ep- the episode with that. I was like, of course. Right. Of course it's that intentional. Ugh. Good one. There is another member of the podcast team I would like to hear from as far as takeaways. She didn't get a chance to say much in this episode. <laughs> Who's that? So Swaggy. Ah. What's your takeaway, girl? It's <laughs> about right. It's about what you get from Swaggy every day. I will say not having her, I'm sorry, Swaggy, that I locked you out of the room, but it was really, it was a glorious decision by my end. I'm going to have to do that more often. Sorry, Swaggy. Uh, Questions permitted, Lynn. Yes. Since this is the last episode, I have a few. We're going to start off with, this is a great Instagram handle, Mel Bell Dizzle. Mm-hmm. Mel Bell Dizzle. The question is, which Ted Lasso characters do you both see yourselves as? Mm. Oh, wow. That's deep. That's deep. Oh, um, I definitely have a little Roy Kent in me. I'm not going to lie. 
How so? We've heard that swearing. But how and so? I've, how do you relate and, to Kent or uh, Roy Kent? Uh, his, uh, his like competitive agroness sometimes I can go into when mm-hmm. I get competitive. Mm-hmm. I can I can start rolling them out. That's It's just the side that's not so pretty. Um, <laughs> but it's there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's there. Um, I think I have the positivity. I would like to think I have the positivity of Ted. Mm-hmm. That's my aspirational challenge. <laughs> I want to be more like Ted. Oh, I think you've got a lot of Ted Lasso joy in you. No, oh, I love him. Yeah. Who are you? What character are you? Uh, I can relate to Coach Beard, particularly when it comes to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Being the Coach Beard to your Ted Lasso. Maybe being a bit of an anchor, mm-hmm. a little cerebral. Keeping us in check, keeping it in line. And then I'd say in everyday life, I was thinking about the characters and Higgins came to mind. Oh, I love Higgins. Where he's just a warm human being. He loves to joke. Mm-hmm. He's goofy. I, I will take pride in being goofy. Higgins is a good one. Yeah. What's your second question? It's from your Tokyo producer, Cyclocross Gal. Aww. Kirst. How does Lynn feel now that she publicly committed to running a marathon? I'm excited for her. How is she approaching it? And can she tempt you to join her? Uh, she can tempt me to join her in a 10K. I will happily oh. contribute part of it. I think you should create a team around you okay. that can, you know, take it in stages and run it with you. And then you always have someone you can kind of, I, you know, I always find it good when I can like chat with someone. You probably don't, that that's something you have to figure out for yourself though. Do you want mm-hmm. someone like chatty like me next to you? Or mm-hmm. if you're my sister, I drive you absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> and she's like, runs away from me. That could speed you up as well. Uh, I will happily contribute some of it, but mm, 26.2, I'm not sure I really want to train for that. Nope. Okay. I feel good about publicly committing to it. I haven't yet gotten to an approach, so I appreciate your input there. Mm-hmm. You're going to crush it, though. Oh, thank you. Final question, and I think this comes from all of the Dope Village, perhaps the world. All of us want to know... What is the update on the Toto toilet? (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I haven't posted this, but I'm waiting on Toto approval. I just have to get on it. I'm adding it to my list right now. Um, I am happy to report the Toto is in Toto and a half. Mm -hmm. Not just one Toto, a Toto and a half is in... And it's been cold. I mean, right. It's relative. I get it. I know I am soft as, uh, yes, I'm soft. But it's been cold in California. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. dropping into the 40s at nights, 50s in the day. Mm -hmm. So when I get out of bed and I have to tinkle in the middle of the night and I get on my warm, contoured, hot seat, there's just nothing like it. There really isn't. And I... Does that sound weird? I don't care. I love my warm seat. So I um, will be posting something very soon. I'm just waiting on them on timing um, 
of posting about it. I don't know why I have to wait. I should just be able to post that I'm over the moon about it. I have had the honor and privilege of using the half Toto in your downstairs <laughs> bathroom. I can completely confirm that the warm seat, it's, it's wonderful. It's lovely. Oh, good questions. I would like to throw out a dumb joke for you, if that's okay. That's a, the best way to finish this year off, okay. actually. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tank. Tank? Tank. Oh, Hank? <laughs> no. <laughs> tank with a T. Oh, Tank. That's what I said. Tank who? You're welcome. <laughs> that's, that's like my kind of stupidness right there. Oh, and on that note, thank you for listening and joining See how I us set on. That up. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and joining us on another 10 episode journey. Season six in the books, baby. We so adore our dope village and also love all of your comments. So in all your spare time in the holidays, <laughs> be sure to go to our Apple podcast page and leave a note or 20 telling us about which episode resonated with you and to Lynn's takeaway, the why. And while we're on this hiatus, it's the perfect time to share an episode with a friend and keep the Dope Village expanding and heading toward our ultimate goal, which, as you all know, is a small one, complete world domination. Yep. We will be back with you for season seven toward the end of the winter, so early March ish after i've spent a lot of time on my toto warm seat thank you to our loyal sponsors ally and dick's sporting goods and to kate diaz of course for our theme music and look i know there is still a ton of uncertainty out there in the world but the one thing we all can control is to be a light so Let's agree we're going to focus on the good in 2022 and make it good by focusing on that. I think the only way to close out this season, Lynn, and mm -hmm. this year is Dr. Edith Eager style, oh. Dr. Eager-esque, with a high kick. Yes. Are we ready for this dope village? Stretch it out. One, two, three. Let's high Woo. kick it out of 2021. Here we come, 2022. Uh-huh. <laughs> And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Will Julie be joining us anytime soon? Hey there, Dope Village. Tis the season for some NBA hoops. The annual NBA on Christmas Day tradition continues with five of the best gifts anyone could ask for. The star-studded schedule starts at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN, with the Hawks taking on the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Then over on ABC, the Celtics square off against the Bucks, followed by the Suns hosting the Warriors. We're not done yet. Then on ABC and ESPN, the Nets battle the Lakers with the day capped off by the Mavs clashing with the Jazz at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific on ESPN. Woo! That's a Christmas Day NBA lineup. And for football fans out there, I want to tell you about the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. It brings you the latest news and trends in and around the NFL 
Join Mina and guests such as NFL analyst Dominique Foxworth, fantasy Focus football host Field Yates, and ESPN Radio's Mike Golick Jr. If you like X's and O's, analytics, and lots of dog talk, yes, Lenny is a dog, by the way, then give the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny a listen wherever you get your podcasts.